So Money episode 662, Ask Farnoosh, with special co-host Liz Teresa. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. It's Friday, your favorite day of the week for a lot of reasons. Gotten a lot of questions over the last couple of weeks, hoping to get to as many today as possible. It's December 8th, 2017. Raise your hand if you're done holiday shopping. I am not raising my hand. Uh, We have a few more gifts to get. um, But I will say some good news is my father-in-law at Thanksgiving asked us all if we would be into doing a gift swap. Not this year, he said, but next year. And I kind of wish he had said this year. But uh, I'm all for the gift swaps. We just pick names. We get gifts for one person, one person each. And uh, you can have a blast getting that one person a gift. And that's all you have to do. And let me tell you, I look forward to 2018. Not because I'm not a, a giver. I love giving gifts. I give gifts all year. And that's part of the problem is that when it gets to Christmas, I have nothing left to give. <laughs> or I end up giving stuff that is frivolous or uh, I've just like lost, I've, I've run out of ideas. But it's always great to spend time with family and friends and to spend time with you. And also going to bring her on stage is Liz Teresa. She, I'm going to brag about Liz for just a second. <laughs> Thank you. I am so honored. (laughs) So Liz, let me tell everybody why you're awesome. So Liz and I have been working together for a number of years. She's been with me through a lot of changes in my business and all the way has been helping me, supporting me on my website, through my emails. She's been helping me, you know, develop a lot of great online assets as I've been coming out with new products and new ideas, even the podcast cover. So Money Podcast cover was a Liz Teresa creation. Uh, can I say that? I would, I would be like, it's a Liz Teresa production. Like, it's like a movie. The Liz Teresa production. So Liz is sort of your one-stop shop for all your digital needs, whether that's I need a new website or I need a logo or I need copywriting. Um, she can do it all. She can do one thing really well or she can do it all. And so um, I, I bow to you, Liz. You're the reason why I've gotten so far. I can't do it alone. Oh, get out of here. I'm the reason. I, I would like to think you're pretty fancy and cool. And I just am excited that I get to be a part of that. Well, I don't know what took you so long to volunteer to become a co-host, but I'm glad you did anyway. <laughs> I'm dying to be here. I'm so excited. Like, if you could see me, like, my face looks like a, it looks like a pumpkin, like, wrong holiday. Like, by the way, December 8th is a week before my birthday. Oh, well, happy early birthday. So I'm going to be really- 30 in a week. You'll be 30 in a week? Yeah. I didn't know you were so young. Old soul. Um, that's why you're an old soul. Well, I think like I'm 40, but I. <laughs> well, you've had a really busy month and a busy season. Mm. Um, you know, your birthday's coming up, and um, you've been really helpful with this podcast as well. Not just for the with the cover art, but you know, recently um, we've been talking about strategizing for the new year, how to make the podcast more engaging, get you all who are listening to maybe subscribe to the newsletter and to also 
I'll be soliciting you soon, listeners, not to sell you anything, but I just want to know like, what do you want to learn more about when it comes to money? What's top of mind? What's a goal? And so I'll look out for that email. Liz and I are going to craft that. But enough about our questions. Let's, let's answer everyone else's questions. We have a question here from Shauna. Liz and she and her boyfriend are recent graduates where guess what? They went to Penn state. Go Nittany lions. Is that where you went? Yeah. That's my alma mater. Nice. So obviously I'm best friends with these people. I already love them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Shauna says that they just moved across the country, across the country to start their careers and they're engineers and they haven't had a lot of experience with money and financial issues. And she feels like they may be a little behind the game. They've reached out to some financial planners, but those planners say that they will only work with them on an ongoing basis, as opposed to maybe just dealing with a situation as it comes up. And so she wants to know, is this common? And do they really need a financial advisor? I'll let you take this question, but then I'll also, I'll, I'll chime in as well. What do you think, Liz? So, well, first, when I saw that they were engineers, I was like, they really knew how to pick a good degree because you can't, I mean, like when you hear about like, I mean, like, yeah, obviously I live in Massachusetts. I'm like, this isn't obvious, but everybody listening, I live in Massachusetts and like, you know, we have MIT and like every girl wants to date somebody that goes there because they all end up being like really successful people. So by being engineers, Shauna, you're already off to like a really, really good start was kind of my first reaction. Um, I'm a big believer in hiring people that are smarter than you at something else though. So like sticking to what you're really, really good at and then like, you know, hiring other people to like, you know, help you be better at those other aspects of your life. And so that's something like I call a zone of genius, you know, staying in your zone of genius. That's like a phrase sometimes people use to understand that concept. Um, and I, I have a few clients like, you know, that do work in money and a lot of them do work on an ongoing basis as well, because I kind of feel like otherwise their clients don't end up seeing results like just right. because of accountability. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I get that millennials and young people don't have a lot of money to be investing in a financial planner. And a lot of times the traditional planners will charge, you know, a percent of your managed assets. And that includes like all the cash that you're giving them to invest. But but I think before you get to the investing part of the strategy, you also want to get some help with kind of getting your ducks in a row, making sure that you have, for example, a good budget and you have um, the right kinds of automations, whether that's automatically saving for a rainy day, for retirement, automatically paying your bills. Do you have sufficient insurance? Um, what are your goals? Do you and your boyfriend expect to get married? Okay, how much is that going to cost? What about buying a home? Is that in your future? And so a planner, a good one, will want to help you with all of those milestones and all of those strategies. That said, though, there are financial planners out there, and we've had a number of them on the podcast. And a lot of them work through this network called XY Planning Network, where you can find a planner that, yeah, might just work with you guys um, for one meeting. Maybe it's like an initial meeting. If there's a flat fee, you're going to ha- come to the meeting with a specific problem or a specific issue at hand. Maybe it's budgeting, but it may not just be a one meeting sort of thing, like a one and done. Maybe it's a series of meetings. Maybe it's like you pay a monthly retainer and that month includes two Skype calls, unlimited emails. The planners these days are with the times, the younger ones and the ones that are 
um, I find looking to have a future in this industry. They're not like tethered to this concept of like, oh, it has to be necessarily a management fee. Maybe they'll do a retainer. Maybe they'll do it by the hour. Um, so they exist. And maybe you just need to cast a wider net in finding the right fit. But like to Liz's point, it's definitely worth the investment paying for a service that's going to save you time, but also give you the knowledge that you don't have or you know want to acquire necessarily on your own. And it's good to interview a few people. So if you know, I would say uh, maybe you've interviewed a few people, they didn't fit your financial criteria, but there are others who may. And even there, you want to interview at least two or three people. But XY Planning Network is probably a good place to start. And good luck to the two of you and go Nittany Lions. All right. You want to tell us what's on Heather's money mind, Liz? Oh, I'd love to. Heather, Heather, I'm so glad you submitted. And it's nice to be connected to you. And I'm excited to read this. So Heather, she interviewed for her dream job. And she's going back for the second interview. But here's the thing. She's 11 weeks pregnant and doesn't know when is the appropriate time to disclose this information. Should she tell them when she accepts the offer? Or should she tell them on her start date, assuming everything goes well? Hmm. Well, I have never been pregnant at a job interview, although I was pregnant when I was shopping around a book, which is kind of an interview because you're interviewing for a publisher to potentially buy your book. And I'll tell you, even when you're working for yourself and you think that you don't have to like make excuses or hide your pregnancy, there was, I was, I was a little worried that and concerned that if a publisher saw me pregnant or knew I was pregnant before buying my book that they, you know, part of them might be biased and think like, Oh, well, will this impact her ability to then go out there and promote the book? When are you going to have the baby? Will it conflict with the timing of the book's release? I mean, cause it's a physical feat. Like it's not like you can be back on your feet the next day. Although some may see, may, may make it seem like it's that easy. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a huge toll on your body and you should have time to to go through the course of recovery, both mental and physical, it takes months. So I get it. I get where employers might be a little worried that if we're going to give this person the job, then she's going to be MIA for three months. And, and you want to avoid being at the brunt of any sort of discrimination. That's my take. So you're not lying to them, uh, Heather, if you don't tell them that you're pregnant. In fact, if you're only 11 weeks pregnant, you shouldn't be telling anybody mm. other than like your partner and maybe very close friends and family if you want to. But it's not really um, you know time for the big announcement. Even then, like let's say you get this job offer at week 12, I would wait like another week. It's not like first day of your job news announcement either. Maybe give it like a week and then you bring it up and say, you know, I am pregnant and, you know, we were in the first trimester and while I was interviewing and it wasn't appropriate to talk about it, but now uh, this is what's happening and just kind of leave it at that. Like, it's just really matter of fact, there's time for your company to adjust to you not being there. That's my honest answer. What do you think, Liz? I I agree. I'm like, you're barely, I mean, you're barely pregnant. I mean, you're definitely pregnant, but like, it's so early. <laughs> you're not sort of pregnant. You are pregnant. You're definitely. Like, you're not like 50% pregnant. I mean, you are, but I, I also thought I'm like 11 weeks in. I mean, I have friends that were more pregnant than that. Like my best friend is pregnant. And I, I won't say like which best friend, cause like, I don't know if she's told everybody, but like, she didn't tell me, I mean, like she, she's passed. I think she told me when she was like, we like 13 or 14 weeks. And like, I've known her 
30 years. No, no, like as long as I've existed, like we were baby friends, like the show Rugrats, we were like babies and friends. So like, (laughs) so I've known her so long. So I kind of think, I mean, listen to your instincts. And I think with, with that type of thing, you have to feel really, really ready. Yeah. Focus on getting the job, get the job, and then wait like a few days a week and then have a private one-on-one with your boss and let him or her know. Um, They can't fire you at that point if they do a lawsuit. But this does remind me of the movie Knocked Up. Remember? She she had an on-camera job and she didn't tell her bosses until they brought it up. And they were like, so we've noticed that you're... You're, uh, you might be carrying a little weight down there and her Kristen Wiig is, is in the scene and she's so funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's one of the best scenes, but it was her costume designer or director or like, you know, the fashion person who was like always in charge of getting her clothing. And she was like, are you pregnant? She goes, why? She goes, well, your uterus is like 10 times bigger than what it was three months ago. So like, funny. Like, am, I, am I really showing? She's like, yeah. <laughs> so, so take it from Hollywood. You know, they don't tell people until it, it's, it's a personal revelation. You know, yeah. it's not something that there's no rule. There's no hard and fast. And I mean, I, and definitely not before the second trimester. Agreed. Yeah. Good luck with the job, Heather. the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your house. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, carbon monoxide poisoning, and it's all monitored 24 7 by live security professionals. You can set it up yourself with no tools needed, or they can do it for you, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash so money. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash so money so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash so money. All right. Steve says, Steve wants to know if we have any advice on how to give tips around the holidays for people like our house cleaner, dog walker. I know if you live in a city where you live in a doorman building, there's the doorman. If you have a garage in a garage, um, kind of like sell, what do they call them? Like basement? I don't know. Garage. uh, Garage. Parking garage. Thank you. Yeah. I live in New York City. I should know this. There's also (laughs) those people that run the garage. Um, do you ever, I give a lot of tips around the holidays and to all of the people we just mentioned, um, including even like the person who delivers our newspaper. I know you're not supposed to give the mailman a tip, but, um, we'll usually leave him a little something. I think it has to be no more than like $25. Well, how about you, Liz? Do you do a lot of tips around the holidays? I think the key is remembering the people because I, I always hate like when we forget someone. And actually, I speak more to the office that I rent at. Like everybody here tips the people, like the UPS guy, the FedEx guy, and the the post office man. I'm like the post office man, the postal worker, you know, the mailman. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was like, why can't I remember that? And there was one year we forgot the FedEx guy. And it was like... Yeah. Was, and like he like found out somehow... 
Oh no. Yeah. It was like very, and it was kind of awkward, but it's like, we don't get FedEx packages that often. And so it was just kind of like, so I would say one of the key things is making sure you actually remember everyone. Well, because they will remember. And I also, there there was an infamous um, blog that a doorman would keep on uh, that was, that was like, uh, got kind of famous. And he talked about how around the holidays, he and a bunch of his friends who were doormen would keep, they, they keep logs of like previous year who gave and who gave what. Um, so logs? it's good to also keep track. They keep logs. I didn't yeah. know that. So yeah. he was a doorman who was friends with other doormen. Yes. That's so well, interesting. They were on the same building or like oh. neighboring buildings. I didn't know if they unionized and like met for drinks or something. I mean, I don't know. That would be an interesting documentary. That would be a good movie or that a Netflix. Really good, um, undercover report. But to give Steve a little bit more specific advice, I think that if you are somebody who's questioning how much to give to say like a babysitter or a house cleaner or your dog walker, I think a good rule of thumb is to give this person um, the equivalent of one fee of one visit. So if your house cleaner charges $100, then you would give her $100 and it could be a gift card. It could be cash. Cash is always king around the holidays because uh, just like you and I, you know, um, a lot of these workers depend on the money around the holidays, their bonus, so to speak, to pay for gifts and year-end expenses. The doorman, sometimes your building will give a recommendation. So if you live in an, in an apartment with a doorman or a staff, they'll say, you know, the recommendation might be $75 per person. I, I would say, base it on how high maintenance you are. Like if you're a household with like dogs and lots of packages and people coming and going all the time, and you're just somebody that needs a lot of like service, then that should be reflected in your tip, whether versus like you're just a single person who lives in a small studio, you don't take a lot of footprint, you're never home, you get a couple packages here and there, then I think you can give kind of the standard, the standard tip. Don't tip your teachers. That's kind of weird. Instead, maybe go in on a gift for your children's teachers. I know that classrooms organize that typically this time of year. And with um, people who are like full time in your household, like nannies there, it's normal in New York to give the equivalent of like one to two weeks pay as a bonus at the end of the year. So that's just uh, some additional, you know, line items of how much to tip Steve. Good luck. Mary wants to set up a college account for her child. Would I recommend a college savings plan? Her child is only two months old and she's thinking of a 529 plan. Yes, Mary. Yes and yes. I would do, I do recommend a college savings plan and I do like the 529. We started one for our son a few months before he was born. We started the one for our daughter right around her birthday. Um, her, I should say when she was born and it's, a lot of money that we've been saving up till now. It's like I, I, I probably allocate a like five hundred dollars for each kid every month, and we have tens of thousands for Evan already, and he's only three and a half because of the market's just been really good and good to us. But it's not going to last long. I get it, but for now, it, the the plans have done really well. You can go to college savings org, I believe, and learn more about 529s there and learn about all the different states that offer them. And you don't have to pick the one that's your state. You can actually pick like New York if you live in Utah, 
But New York is great if you're a New York resident because there are tax benefits to it. But you don't have kids, Liz, not yet. No, but I mean, I'm just like, I, I wish I had one of those. So anybody that's thinking maybe do that, like, or they're thinking like, oh, maybe I'll do that for my baby. Like, please do it. I, I have student loan debt and I, I'm fine with like, I mean, I've, I've embraced it as much as you can embrace debt. Like I really have because I talk about it publicly, which I think is like the five stages of grief. I don't know. Right. Like at some point, like you ex- acceptance, maybe that's it. Yeah, I've reached acceptance with it. And I'm more grateful that I can pay my student loan debt. But like it, I mean, it's definitely like a condo that I don't have the privilege of living in. That's how I think of it. Yeah. I know, yeah, and it's just but, kind of. But not to not to put pressure on parents to say you got to do it all. I think right. that it's nice when you arrive at the college chapter in your life that your parents are like, we actually have some savings for you. We have therefore more flexibility and where you can choose to go, and maybe you don't have to bear a lot of the burden. But I don't think that it's it's not easy for our parents to save the entirety of college. I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on where you go, mm. but. Having just even one semester or one year or two years covered is is amazing. Don't do it at the detriment of your retirement account. That's priority as an as an adult. If you've got to choose, I'd sock money away in your four hundred one k before a five twenty nine. Because college, your kids can definitely pick up some of that tab. They can work. They can choose a, a better fit, financial fit. They can go part time. They can work while they're in school. So there are a lot of ways to do the kind of the financial patchwork of affording college to your question, Mary, I, I do think that if you can do it and you're interested and you've done some research, a 529 can be a really great solution. All right. We have time for one more question. And this is from Sarah who just got married. Yay. Yay, Sarah. Good job. <laughs> they got $30,000 in wedding presents. Wow. That's a lot. A lot. I don't know if it came from one person or it was like the collection of gifts. That's a lot of money. It sounds like it's one person because it says as a wedding present. As a wedding present. Damn. Yeah. Generous <sighs> benefactor. I this person to my wedding. I was just going to say that. <laughs> so this is her question. She wants to use the money to buy a house in the next five years. Where should they keep the money? Well, I think we're going to be on the same page with this one, Liz. We kind of... Uh, put our heads together before this episode. Um, And we both believe, Sarah, that you should put it in a five-year CD. You're looking just five years ahead. So within five years, the stock market could go up, it could go down, it could go sideways, and then it won't recover in time for you to really make back that loss in time for the home purchase. A CD is a guaranteed return as long as you invest it for the term. There are five-year CDs, there are 18-month CDs, there are 10-year CDs, and the longer the term, typically the longer the interest rate. So you can go on a site like NerdWallet or Bankrate and look for different CD options, and they'll rank them usually by rate. Sometimes, too, if you're putting down $30,000, that's a really high amount of money. So you might be able to get even a higher interest rate as a result of this bigger chunk of cash that you're plopping down. I still can't get over that $30,000 gift. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) Pretty, pretty good. When I got married the first time, like it's only been twice. I act like it's like all these times. I love that you're open about it. I know. I I love talking about it. Um, But it's like my first wedding cost thirty. $30,000. 
$6,000. And so I'm like, well, that would have, I mean, I paid cash for my wedding. So my other thought was like, I wondered if she had any debt that she should pay down. But like, assuming she doesn't, I was thinking the CD, like you said, but yeah, no, my first wedding was 36,000. And then the wedding that I just had was like, did I tell you, did I tell you this? It was like, not really a wedding. It was an engagement party. And I like, so I knew ahead of it that you were going to do this. We haven't caught up. What was, so you had this like amazing, um, kind of turn of events after your divorce, you, um, met, reunited with an old friend and immediately clicked the relationship moved quickly. I'm, I'm telling the story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Am I telling it right? And You're then um, you were like childhood buddies and, or maybe high school. And then you got we married. Sweethearts. Got, we dated. Sweethearts. I was oh, the cashier. I worked at a grocery store. I was the cashier and he was the bagger. And we met when I was 17 and he was 16. And we met cause he, he broke a jar of Prego at the register. And then I like made him feel better about it. I was like nice about it. And I, I told him that everyone breaks jars all the time and that it's a thing that happens. Well, someone who's older and wiser, I will tell you that I, yeah. I was like, I am six months older than you <laughs> and I will tell you of the world. Yeah. No. And then like we were friends, but like he always wanted, he like was always wanting to go out with me. And I like said no, because he didn't have a car, which sounds awful, but that's like what I was like. And so then I said, <laughs> I said no. And then like, I don't know, I was like, I'm not driving us everywhere. That was what I said. I said, get a car and we'll talk. And then like the next summer that like I came back to work, he like was like, Oh, I got a car. So, <laughs> so can we get married now? Yeah. Um, so we, we went out and then like we broke up because you joined the air force. And then of course that I married somebody else. And then of course they joined the air force, which is the irony of my life is that the air force like wanted me to be a part of it <laughs> like, yeah. or something. They were just trying to get at you. So they took all yeah. your husbands. I think probably they took all my husbands away. And yeah. so then he's, he's now a veteran. So he's out. So he did his, he did his term and um, now he's separated. But yeah, no, now he works for the VA in Boston. So I still have like military stuff going on in my life, well, but not as like, I'm not like on a base like I was when I was married. Yeah. And so you surprised your friends. They thought they were coming to an engagement party and you're like, psych we're actually getting married it people were shocked my aunt could not believe I thought she was she cried she was like so happy mad like because she she thought that like if anybody would have known like we would have told her but really only my mom knew and like my brother knew because he officiated it like he like did it and then my sister-in-law knew because she stood up like she stood up well so now do that does any of the guests don't have to get you gifts they still got me gifts. That was the kicker. I was sh- I was shocked that I got gifts. I got gifts. Though. That's nice. It was very nice. Very generous of people. Some people are sending me an additional gift because they felt that their gift wasn't like adequate because it became a wedding. And I was like, that's kind of like, <laughs> okay, I only got you a blender and now, <laughs> and now things have escalated. <laughs> yeah. So some people are like sending additional gifts. The gift protocol was weird for them. I mean, I put out a gift box because I, I suspected there might be gifts and then there were a lot, there were like well, almost everybody brought something. So, um, well, congratulations. What's your husband's name? James. James. Congratulations, Liz and James. Thank you. What a ni- nice way to end the year. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It's a very big, it was a big year. It was a big year. And i um, really glad that we got a chance to connect and help people with some of their money questions. Liz, tell us how we can learn more about you. And by the way, I should have, I buried the lead. Liz has a podcast. I do have a podcast. Yeah. If you like, 
you like the way that I sound and talk and, and laugh, then you'd probably also like the Liz on Biz podcast, which is all about um, entrepreneurship and life and where, where those two things intersect. It's just really, it's very much like this. It's like a casual, fun conversation um, where I get to learn all about my guests. It's at LizTeresa.com. Also, like if you go there, LizTeresa.com and click podcast, you can find out everything about the podcast. Um, and that that's a good way to do it too. And just once again, if you need any work done with your online presence, your uh, website, your podcast, your copywriting, your logo, Liz can do it all. She's like the seven at one stroke. Liz, Teresa, thank you so much and happy holidays, happy wedding and happy almost new year. And birthday. And thank you. Oh, and birthday. (laughs) Happy holidays and happy new year to you. And I'm so glad everybody tuned in with us.